0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hearts management and players begin making decisions on their future To get through these tough times Motherwell are asking their fans for help where possible And other Scottish clubs get creative with funding raising measures To try and secure their futures I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Daryl Broadfoot And somewhere in a leafy Glasgow suburb In his living room is the one and only Mr Hugh Keevans there is no football, but football clubs are playing a blinder. Motherwell next week hope to feed school children from their community because those children will have no school meals to sustain them. Partick Thistle Family Club, as they are now known, are reaching out to their supporter base to see what they can do for the fans instead of the other way round. The Celtic Foundation putting resources in place to help the most vulnerable among their fans. Initiative after initiative. The bigger the club, the greater the generosity. These are the worst of times as global catastrophe closes our football grounds but adversity is bringing out the best in us and that Gordon is what I call a result Darrell Broadfoot I think today more than any other day this week football is definitely finding its place in, in the list of of people's priorities at the moment we would never pretend especially on, a, on an afternoon like this when some pretty drastic measures have been announced it's the most important thing in the world but we're hoping that we can give everyone that football fix that they crave in these tough times Listen, just before we came on air obviously Prime Minister has, has effectively um, demanded the, the shutdown of Britain but in all of this and I think sometimes we're in danger of taking football for granted when we get out of this and we will get out of it I think people will Reappraise the relationship with football Football is a source for good Football is a fabric of community And what you're seeing is football being The epicentre at the moment of that community kinship And long may that continue during these Hugely difficult, unprecedented times Yeah, a bit different for us tonight Hugh Keevans is of course in the safest place for him He's in his living room How is that going Hugh? How is the technology? How is Mrs Keevans taking it? Are we all are we good to go? Well, I, I've been sent... To the man cave The living room is not deemed uh, The proper place for me So I'm in the man cave Surrounded by my football photographs And my music And uh, my iron shirts All hanging up in a hanger uh, So uh, I'm in the man cave And this is good And to quote Billy Connolly He's shoving his sleeves down the jacket Of his eider down <laughs> <laughs> Oh you watched it last night as I'm, well did Listen you? in these times There's nothing better than an audience With Billy Connolly to get you through it What people really want to know though What does Hugh Keevans wear When he's broadcasting from home Because you are forever The, the smartest dressed man in here With your collar and tie often uh, I wonder if you've decided to dress down Or if you've gone maybe Business from the waist up And party from the waist down <laughs> I, I don't know I don't want to put people off their dinner But what does it look like? General, uh, I have got on a blue denim shirt <laughs> hanging outside of my chinos. Uh, a blue <laughs> denim shirt from a shop that begins with a G and ends with a P. Uh, what that one out? I and, thought you said uh, you were in your man cave, no Gordon DLs. <laughs> uh, so here I am, Daryl, uh, a model of elderly sophistication. 
Something like that anyway Right, Hugh Keevans is here but he's not here If that makes sense Daryl Broadfoot is very much here Now all we need is for you to join us 0141 951 1025 We all need a bit of a football fix Just to try and take our mind off things So get in touch Speak to the guys And hopefully we can have a bit of fun along the way We are on Twitter At Clyde SSB as well There are a few... Sort of news stories if you like Or developments today Running alongside this ongoing coronavirus crisis But we're also looking for something extra special from you Just to try and lift the mood a bit Take a trip down memory lane It is Friday night We should be looking ahead to going to the football tomorrow But some things are more important So we're asking you Which game from the past Do you wish that you could go to And relive tomorrow Now tell us everything Give us the details It might have been a league decider It might have been a cup final Or even just a high scoring thriller That meant absolutely nothing Maybe the game itself was a non-event But it meant something to you personally Whatever the reason There is no right or wrong answer Which game from the past Do you wish you could go and relive tomorrow? Tell us 0141 951 1025 Would you have one in mind Hugh Keevans? You've seen a few Oh yes Oh yeah I don't know if Daryl was there But the game I would most like to go back and see is Motherwell 6, Hibs 6. <laughs> because very early on in the game, as Daryl Broadfoot knows from his days in the newspaper industry, uh, new technology and myself never married together, but we, we quickly divorced. <laughs> so the game started and the, the, the laptop packed in. So I watched a 12-goal thriller but didn't see a goal. And Daryl also knows that the occupants of the press box love nothing more than watching a colleague in distress. The greater the distress, the better. And by the end of it, the laptop very nearly landed on top of the motherwell dugout, let me tell you. But I bet you did, God rest his soul, an Alan Davidson and articulated to copy a thousand crisp, flawless words to copy. Well, once I get Sheila McLaren to stop laughing at what was happening to me, uh, those who watch telly will know who Sheila is Used to be on this programme uh, She helped me with the computer And we got the blessed words sent That's not a bad shout at all I, re- I was there, obviously And I remember dashing away from a part-time call centre job at the time Motherwell were a couple down By the time I got there 6-2 down with 25 minutes to go Then the comeback of all comebacks A missed penalty at 6-5 and then an outstanding equaliser right at the death. Six all. That's not a bad shout at all. Daryl Broadfoot, no, I don't mean to put pressure on you. Um, but I've got slightly different hopes for you. I, I, I'm, I'm expecting something from left field here. Something niche. Yeah, pretty much. Well, there's a few. Um, not least 20 years ago, and someday Rob Robertson actually popped it in my uh, Twitter DM. The last ever game at Wembley where the Scottish press beat the English press. Fuck <laughs> him. Complete with Chick Young when he had his own hair um, I can't believe that was 20 years ago And we won, we were victorious in the last ever football match at Wembley But as a kid, and you do, you find yourself getting a wee bit nostalgic And kind of lock yourself away The one that I keep coming back to And the one game that, that stood out for me above all else Was the final of Euro 88 No idea why, but it's the first game that actually stands in my memory the, 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 Van, the legendary Van Basten goal but he also had rude hullets, powerful header, dreadlocks everywhere. But I'd kind of fallen in love with the USSR team at that point. Renat Dasayev and goal. Mikhailichenko, who later played at Rangers, Vasily Rats. I'd fallen in love with that Valery Lobanovsky team from, from Dynamo Kiev. So my left field choice was the 
Soviet Union Holland game of US, uh, Euro 1998 To the very point where I've actually got my phone cover In honour of that Soviet team Which looks great, looks niche Until you turn up at a Scotland-Russia press conference A couple of months ago With your Soviet Union uh, shirt, uh, phone cover on And have quizzy cool looks from the Scotland manager Wondering what team you're on I like it, I like it Any, there, there is no right or wrong answer Like I say, it maybe was a significant game Maybe it meant absolutely nothing Maybe you just went with a loved one Or maybe it was the first game you went to Maybe you took your, your son or daughter along for the first time Anything at all We should be looking ahead to the football tomorrow That's what we always do on a Friday But we can't So which game from the past Do you wish you could go and relive tomorrow The more details you've got for us The better 01419511025 Let's Marry that together though With some of today's developments If you like And very fitting That Hugh should bring up Motherwell 6 Hib 6 We've been speaking To Fir Park Chief Exec Alan Burrows He says Motherwell fans are, are being asked To help the club Through what is obviously A difficult period For Scottish football And he says That they need The supporters more than ever We've tried to manage The finances as well As we could We obviously sold a player In January So from our point of view um, We're we're, we're, we're in okay shape at the minute, but I think what we've said is that it only takes a few things to not go the way we think we're going to fall for, for things to turn very difficult very quickly. Uh, and from that point of view, you'll have seen the Well Society saying a very eloquent statement last night that you know they were encouraging the, uh, people who can at this particular point, and that's very important to say, we wouldn't ask MD to do anything they couldn't afford, but if they could, uh, if people are in a position to join the Well Society or continue with their um, monthly um, contributions or increasing their monthly contributions, then that really gives the club some blank of security that if some of the expected income that we uh, are hoping to achieve over the next month or two doesn't arrive, then we have some capital to fall back on from our point of view um, we're going to be putting as a club this is going to be putting uh, season tickets on sale in early April uh, and and from that we hope that fans will get behind that early doors and buy season tickets and again you know if that cash comes into the club that really really helps us because obviously um, there, there isn't any other income coming in I mean that's an interesting Idea, well, idea is the sort of obvious one as well, Daryl. You try and, and sell season tickets. That's where our clubs make a lot of their money. Some clubs might not be able to do it because they don't know what league they're going to play in next season. And therefore, how do you sell that to fans? But Motherwell are fan-owned. That has its own benefits, but it also means you need everyone to club together in times like these. Yeah, and listen, Motherwell are, are probably a, 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 an ideal template of how a, a local community club works genuinely with its community. Alan's been at the club long enough They've had enough initiatives to make sure that In times of need, the club will be there um, Paid off their debts, debt free um, So on a solid business foundation And should also point out that Andrew Wilson has rejoined the board And um, certainly there's nobody better in the country To help Motherwell through this Than the person who penned the economic future for Scotland For Nicola Sturgeon So uh, congrats on Andrew rejoining Because he's a, he's a real um, sharp brain One of the, the sharpest minds I've ever met but Motherwell do their job well for the community They understand their fan base And probably more than any other club Have reached out to its fan base And in times like these You genuinely see the power of that relationship So putting the season tickets on sale The practicality of that Was why the joint response group a couple of days ago Put that new early deadline of, of April 30th There'll be no football um, At least until April 30th And I think everybody understands That that date's going to come and go as well but clubs needed security and they needed to understand when they could put season tickets up for sale and also needed to give their players clarity as well. Players who may be from abroad who wanted to see their families. Times of uncertainty, you know, will they be able to leave? Will they be able to get a flight home? 
So all of those factors uh, culminated in that that decision to confirm that there'd be no football until at least April 30th and now you're seeing clubs put their season tickets up for sale and I have no doubt that those fans will rally around buy the season tickets and do their best to keep their club afloat. Hugh Keevans. Well, first of all, um, how grateful must Motherwell be that uh, James Scott was able to go to Hull for £1.5 million. You know, that, that that's a very hefty help for Motherwell. I don't need to tell the people of Motherwell about the uncertainty of employment. They've gone through horrendous times in decades gone by. Uh, so they are being asked at a time when unemployment is once again on the agenda. Uh, they're being asked to stump up for their club. But I have no doubt, like Darrell, uh, they will rally round. And the people behind the, the scenes at Motherwell, uh, Alan Burrows for one, uh, they, they are in touch with the community. They, they understand the people who support their club. And uh, they are a success story. Uh, I'm just glad they got that £1.5 million in, first of all, though. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll dip in and out of that stuff throughout the show But we do need something to cheer us up, don't we? We need a bit of a trip down memory lane We need something to lift the mood rather than just worrying About what the future holds for for everyone And for our football clubs and football players and football fans and so on So that topic we set about five minutes ago Let's stick right into that one at the moment What's the one game you wish you could go and relive tomorrow Since we're starved of the football at the moment? Gary and Airdrie, you're kicking us off, so no pressure What have you got? Uh, Alright lads uh, well, I'm a Celtic fan And the game that first came to my head Was Celtic's the 6-2 game But see for emotions It was the Scotland and England game were, 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 It was a 2-2 draw um, For being so high When Griffiths scored their two free kicks To make it 2-1 And then from the, from Harry Kane to get, to get the last Kick of the ball, basically, to make it to each. Uh, I remember I was watching it with my dad at the time, and I mean, I think it was the, the first hug I'd offered him in years. We were jumping about, we were up at the caravan park, and it was just so high of the emotions. Um, to, 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 from Harry Kane just to wipe it all away. Um, but what a game! What what a game for for, for neutral fans to watch. See, that's what football does to you Gary remembers it First time he hugged his old man in years that, that That's what football does to you, Darrell That's the point That's the discussion we're trying to, to, to get going tonight Incredible scenes The best 92 minutes of my football life And then the 93rd minute had to happen But those two free kicks were sensational Lee Griffiths and his pomp I have never heard Hamden louder I've never seen it more vibrant I think it was the likes of yeah. Gary Gary Neville had said I've, n- I've never seen anything quite like this um, I'd left the yeah. Scottish FA, FA by that point I'd come back to, to help out And it was incredible Just when you thought This was the, the game to live in all our memories Up pops mm. Harry Kane And I remember at the time And as much as it was a disappointment I think after the game Gordon said something akin to It was like watching a middleweight take on a heavyweight And land two crushing blows and that's what it felt like Yeah I thought I was going to get Another hug from my dad <laughs> <laughs> Gary I'm interested That that's the one game You want to relive Because I'm not sure I could handle it again Yeah Yeah I know I know um, the, the emotions were It was so You know You were like, Dying my, my friends were going to get called I, I, All the emotions Going through your head And then boom I was on my knees Thinking Harry came You know what I mean 
probably the best striker at the time in Britain with the goals he was scoring. And I've just wiped it all away, lads. She, she'll remember something like this, but it's the closest I can remember feeling to people like you telling me about Joe Jordan's goal against Czechoslovakia, etc. Yeah. Kenny Dalglish yeah. putting it through Ray Clements' legs. It genuinely felt that that was the closest this generation of yeah. football people got to experience what Hugh fortunately has had for decades. Well, uh, you know, Gordon and I went to speak to Steve Clark at Hamden, and uh, I asked Steve Clark. Uh, what he remembered of that night, and he said he, he couldn't see the game at all. He was, I think, 10 years of age, Steve. Uh, and he said he just saw through a, a wee chink uh, Joe Jordan scoring that goal in uh, 73, which took us to the, the, the World Cup uh, in Germany in 74. Ended a very long wait from 1958 to 74. But Gary, first of all, mentioned that 6 2 game. You know that on Super Scoreboard that day, I interviewed. Noel Gallagher, there you are. <laughs> Honestly, he's just so cool. Honestly, now you yeah. hang about with Daryl Broadfoot and I on Friday nights, so I can only well, uh, yeah, apologise. Noel, Noel still phones occasionally for advice yeah, on what to do about yeah. albums and stuff like that. You know, but, and I've put him right about his brother. So you know, but that day, I interviewed Noel Gallagher. Was he good? Good value. He was magnificent, uh, and the other reason I remember that day because we are. Uh, Lady Keevans and I were awaiting the birth of our first grandchild. And I came back from that game, 6-2, as Gary recalled there. And Lady Keevans said, what was the score? I said, 6-2. And how how is we Henrik getting on now? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. That that is the famous story. My son-in-law asked if he could call him Henrik. And my wife said, who's Henrik? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that note thank you uh, to Hugh Keevans for now thank you very much Gary and Airdrie what a suggestion that was uh, to kick us off I cringe a little bit thinking at how over the top I probably went in the gantry the broadcast gantry that day could you get away with it international games I'm in the 6-2 game no no, 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 no don't start <laughs> <laughs> um, to an extent you get away with it when it's Scotland don't you that sort of stuff goes out the window the media get a bit more celebratory than they otherwise would I think I was doing shuttle runs up and down the gantry it was Incredible. Everybody, the, the emotion of it as well. It was the roller coaster of those, the free kicks. I mean, when he lined up, you thought he couldn't do it again. And I think even Joe Hart himself had said, look, I thought he was going to go same way, opposite way. And it, it's harsh on him. But Lee Griffiths has hardly hit a free kick since. And I think just that the enormity of those goals, live with them. It's almost like there was this inbuilt, right, I have to do this every time. And for weeks after with Celtic, he was on free kicks and it was ballooned over them. I just think that. Could have been, could have been the one, the one memory that we all cherish forever. And but for Harry Kane, it would have been. But the fact we're still talking about it, the fact we're smiling, the fact that reunites families uh, or yeah, at least family that. hugs, shows again without being too emotive about it. The the, the magic of football. Yes, it is Friday night We should be looking ahead to big games tomorrow But we can't These are difficult times Much more important things than when the football is going to resume So we're asking you If you could go to one game tomorrow And relive it from the past Which game would that be? Tell us and we could be speaking to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com 
Darrell Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans Joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Just trying our best to stay here as long as possible And bring you a bit of normality In these abnormal times So be patient with us Because Hugh Keevans is in his man cave He's not here He is a man of a certain vintage And we have to look after his health above everything else How is is everything still okay? You're still with us? You've not broken anything? No, 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 no. I, I had to nip out uh, in the commercial break there to take uh, the the stuff out of the tumble dryer. <laughs> uh, I've I've been uh, living a life of domesticity. Uh, I've done all the housework, uh, but the tumble dryer. Do you know tumble dryers take three hours to do their job? Wow. I, I, I must admit, shamefully, no, I, I didn't really appreciate that it's either. It's the first good drying day yeah. of the year. You should have that stuff out in the back garden. See, he's, he's moved to the lovely yeah. flat. Oh, that's now, right. He's got his flat. Yes. Must, have a, must have a shared drying, drying area. area. No. no, 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 nothing of that sort. I'm, I'm standing looking out the window. Uh, I live beside something called the Cairnhill Woods where dog walkers go with uh, everyone. Oh, glad you said walkers. So <laughs> glad that was dog walkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm just waving to the dog walkers as they pass by my window. Right, I'm moving Social on. distancing. Moving swiftly on. We're asking you, it's Friday night. We wish we were going to the football tomorrow. So which game from the past do you wish you could go and relive tomorrow? David and Blantyre, what have you got for us? Hi, uh, good evening, uh, Gordon, Darrell and Hugh. Hi, David. Um, Hi, David. It's, I've been on a few times uh, in the past. Um, I'm a Celtic supporter, so I had my, my season tickets for 17, 18 years uh, before my son was born. And then, obviously, you know, other things take, take over. But one of the games... Um, I wouldn't say it was, like, it was the best game of my, my life uh, by any stretch, but it was one of the first beanbags in Celtic Park, and it was when Celtic were trying to stop Rangers winning the 10 in a row uh, back in 97-98. So, um, we were sitting there, I think it was about 5,000, you paid a five or a ticket, we had the beanbag from Dunfermline, and Simon Dolan scored early doors, you think, great, we're going to go in uh, and clinch league title if we'd won that day. Um, and I'll just never forget the, the long ball getting lobbed up and the chap Falkenberg scoring the header with about four minutes to go and obviously devastation you know de- de- devastation amongst everybody so the game finished 1-1 and it was a roasting hot day and I was standing we were in the north stand at the time and I was standing um, just went, went my back to, to the, the grass I got a tap on the shoulder it was Sky Sports, and they were wanting to do an interview. And you just turned around and just shocked. You know, you're shocked. I was, I was just, um, I was 17 at the time. And, um, you know, you see your bit and things and stuff like that. And uh, it came on, I think it was 10 o'clock Sky Sports News at the time, but it came up with that I was one Janssen, the Celtic manager. <laughs> at the time when the name, the name came up. And, um, I, I, my, my, my granny's seen it and, and obviously, you know, you must have been the last person in Glasgow that had a perm. It's like, well, yeah, you know, you think, you think most, you know, my hair was nothing like it, but I didn't like it. I was just thinking it was Sky Sports.
And we, we win, obviously. Henry Lassie scores the curler in the corner, early doors. And then Harold Bratback comes off the bench, gets the winner. It, 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 was, it was fantastic, but it was just the way it was dragged out. It was just very dragged out for us. And, and when you mentioned earlier on about the games, you know, that make you think are changed. There's so many games. Brilliant games as well, victories. You know, draws, comebacks, things like that. But that was um, that was one where I, I felt that you know I, I'm looking I'm looking to my mates I'm looking up to my mates who are in, in the North Stand that day, and we're all gutted and they're all coming down and I'm sitting with my arms crossed and as I say I got I got a tap on the shoulder. It turns around I was like oh crazy. You know, who did he do here? You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that was uh, Wim Jansen and Blantyre there. We th- thanks to Wim uh, for the call. I mean, Hugh, that that in many ways, I, I was looking for some outside the box suggestions. David's game that he, he maybe could relive or whatever is a game that wasn't even a game. It was a beanbag from elsewhere. So this just shows you the, the sort of powerful football memories that stay with people. One of the great regrets, Gordon, that I have about what's happening now and I do fully appreciate that real life has intervened and we must appreciate football's place in the pecking order but one of the great regrets I have is that we are being denied that kind of end to the season because I remember that sequence of games so well Celtic drawing at East End Park the following weekend they played St Johnston at Celtic Park and this was the game would decide the championship and I was there for Super Scoreboard and I have never and I mean never known tension inside a football ground like it uh, even though Henrik Larson scored after two minutes uh, St Johnson had a magnificent chance uh, to equalise uh, and missed and then Harold Br- Bratback scored and mayhem followed but what an end to the season, what a climax, and we were headed that way. Uh, you know, Celtic 13-point lead, and, you know, overwhelming favourites, and now we've gone from that to nothing at all, anywhere. And, uh, you know, the, the the memory of that sequence, East End Park to Celtic Park, uh, Rangers drawing with Kilmarnock in the penultimate game. I beg your pardon. Rangers losing to Kilmarnock in the penultimate game of the season at Ibrox. Uh, and then Celtic winning the last day. It was incredible excitement. And we were headed that way until real life overtook yeah. us. And it's sport as in life. You don't appreciate what you have sometimes until it's not there anymore. And Gordon and I had a wee chat about that off air during, during the break. When when the country gets over this, when we recover from this coronavirus pandemic, imagine the community spirit on week one of the season. Now, whether it's the conclusion of the current season or the start of the new season, in the grand scheme of things, immaterial. But the first time fans have got a chance to go back and reunite with their club, to turn up in their droves, we'll be looking at sellouts up and down the country and we'll all hopefully... Rekindle that love for football And appreciate That it's helped us To get through this as well That will be special Alan in Colburnie Alan If you could go to one game tomorrow And relive a match from the past Which one would it be? Hey good evening guys Um, Without a doubt Springs to mind The Champions League group stages 1992 I was 18 And luckily enough Coming through that As a Rangers fan And my prime Um, We'd win one nothing up With wee Durante and then shortly after that, Big Hatley gets himself sent off. 
Uh, they score just after half time and you hang backs to the wall. And Big Dizzy Nizzy, bloaters one for about halfway line, the goalkeeper didn't know what to do, come out or come in, and bounced over him. 2 1, it was honestly that I thought the roof was coming off Ibrox that night. I like that one I just wonder if Daryl um, or Hugh Keevans Would have written in the newspaper That Dizzy Nizzy blutered one blutered in one I like that. Well it was a deflection like That's a quiz Who, who <laughs> was the deflection off of Aram and, and, and there's another quiz I hope the you're f- not seriously asking me No no, no we can, we can put right, it okay. to the listeners um, The first goal ever scored In the Champions League was by whom? You an idea how many more quiz questions we've got between now and eight o'clock? We've got beat the pundit. We've got the full time well, teaser. A quick I don't think we, need, we don't need any Do you more. Do I give you the answer? Yeah, then? tell us. Davos Shuker at I like it. Really? Rangers Marseille seven o'clock kick off. Lovely. First goal ever scored in a Champions League group game. I'm going to take that down. Do you remember the memory that that Alan brings you, Hugh? I I do, and I remember Dizzy Nizzy very well. Uh, <laughs> you know, he uh, he was a great lad. Didn't take himself seriously. Uh, and the Rangers fans, to be perfectly honest, didn't take him seriously either. Uh, but he came up with the goods that night. Uh, and uh, it was like the famous word once used by, uh, and Daryl will remind me of his name in a moment, uh, the, the squiggler. Uh, John Rankin. John Rankin. It was like that. John Rankin. That was at Ranks. Uh, it was a squiggler. Uh, and uh, I remember Dizzy Nizzy very well. Yeah I like that And you know what There's a few people Saying that on Twitter as well And we, we spoke about You know the power of football Some of these games Are significant But maybe it's just a, a, a personal memory That it's got for you And Jamie Unknown Jamie's on Twitter He says My football moment Is dancing around the living room As a seven year old With my papa Who's no longer with us When Scott Nisbet Scored the infamous goal Against Bruges First proper memory Of loving Rangers Says Jamie Alan is that Is that the standout for you then That's definitely the one You would try and relive tomorrow If you could Absolutely. It's a horrible night weather-wise, but they say that goalkeeper, I'll never forget a look on in the repeats on the TV and, and his face. Um, he, he went to come out, he went to go back in and... Uh, over his head. Big Scott had already worked it out how he bounced it over him, and in it went. Uh, absolute rupture at Ibrox. Brilliant. That's the thing, there's so many things... That- so many aspects to a goal that you miss in times like these. Sometimes, obviously, the sight of it, but the noise. And sometimes, if it is from long range, you know that little pause, that little bit of silence you get while everyone's waiting for it to hit the back of the net, and then it erupts. Wow! Incredible. Cannot Didn't, wait for that to return. Have never seen a goal like it since. And I think from what Alan said, it was teaming with rain. It was kind of right back area, and it didn't just take a deflection. It kind of spun. In the air, this big art. I think it got Danny Verlinden was the goalkeeper. Okay. And the look of horror when he realised actually it's not going into Rosette. This is oh, it's actually behind me now. And that, that that's that, obviously the first Champions League season. But what what a terrific season that was! I can remember Rangers two 0 down half time in the opening game against Marseille. Down and out. I think Stephen Presley came on at half time. John Brown got an injury. 2-2 draw by the end Just those Those European nights Those memories And actually the one That we, we were talking about A beanback earlier And a beanback in 1998 Without Super fast broadband is, is quite a concept But we're lucky That we've got YouTube We've got phones We've got um, Everything galore To look through that Nostalgia We're not going to be lost Without football And actually what you find yourself doing Is reminding yourself of 
all those great all those great yeah. moments and that, that campaign was terrific brilliant suggestions coming in on Twitter I must say the great thing about this that there's no right or wrong it's about what it means to you what's the one game you wish you could relive tomorrow Saturday afternoon uh, Linton Dawson says two games I'd like to go back to Celtic Leeds Hamden semi-final of the European Cup 1979 You'd, I'm, I, that's right up your street Hugh uh, 1969 it would be would it not yes he's written 79 my apologies Right, uh, uh, I was there. Uh, I um, was in the press box, and uh, the 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 whole atmosphere was incredible. Um, I think the crowd in the region of one hundred and twenty thousand, maybe, uh, astonishing times. Uh, and you know, to go back to the caller um, Alan's point about the, the dizzy nizzy goal and European nights at uh, Celtic Park or. Ibrooks or in the case of the Celtic Leeds game at uh, Hampden Park uh, again Rangers have been denied that moment uh, although they, they appear to be one foot out of the Europa League uh, we don't know how the big picture ends because again real life uh, has intervened Yeah Paul Dormer's on He says My missus is from Dumfries So me and her late brother Celtic fans Lent our support To Queen of the South In the 2008 Cup Final We also took my Rangers fan Mate undercover In the Queen's End And Big Ter The Rangers fan Nearly got us lynched When the winner went in A great day out He says <laughs> <laughs> And one that he wants To relive Well done That was Paul uh, Paul Dormer on Twitter So we're on Twitter At Clyde SSB We're on the phones as well 01419511025 Asking you If you could go to the football tomorrow And relive one game from the past Which one would it be? We're going to take a look back At famous Scottish footballing events On this day in years gone by We'll do that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Friday night's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans is here Because Hugh Evans is always here Although he's not actually here He's in his man cave And again I'm just going to check in with him After every break Every travel Just to make sure He's not broken The very expensive piece of kit That we sent home with him Alright all good? No Yeah all good I was told in the commercial break That I had to put batteries Into two clocks So I put batteries Into two clocks <laughs> <laughs> so it was the what was it the tumble dryer during the first travel and yeah. clock fixing during the second. Yeah, the, the, there's a clock in the the living room, uh, but it was a kind of fancy thing, you know. And I was told not to drop it when I was putting the battery into it, so it's tense. I can't I wait. I don't think a grandfather clock took batteries. I can't wait to see what Mrs. Kevens has got in store for him at the five minute break we've got at the news. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I think we'll, we'll leave that for Steady. now. Um, what have we got on this day? All this week we've been running an on this day feature again, just a, a further trip down memory lane to see where we have been. In years gone by During these barren times For football I'll start most recently On this day 2011 What do you think? Cup, it's cup final season isn't it? It would be League Cup It would yep. be League Cup final season Rangers 2 Celtic 1 Extra time Oh Peter Lovenkrantz Nikita Jelovic no, Lovenkrantz The one that, that Hit one post in it And yep. sort of spun back Black. And curved itself in There we go That was on this day 2011 uh, 2005 The Davy Cooper final As Rangers beat Motherwell, Motherwell. Um, by five goals to one um, 2003 Celtic fans will remember this one Alan Thompson and John Hartson score As Celtic beat Liverpool 2-0 at Anfield Saw the footage of that again today Because of the anniversary What a night that would have been Incredible John Hartson's goal uh, An absolute screamer And here is a, here's a topical one for you right 
1890, Hugh, you'll remember it. Oh yeah. Yeah, a meeting takes place between 12 Scottish clubs to discuss the proposal from Renton Secretary Peter Fairley over a Scottish football league. Queen's Park refused to take anything to do with it, believing it would lead to professionalism and damage the smaller clubs, but an agreement was reached and that summer league football in Scotland was born. Wow. Yeah, I, I had to file my copy very early <laughs> that day Did the laptop hold up okay on, on that occasion? The pigeon flew beautifully <laughs> It's pretty topical though, Dar- Darrow We know teams are, are locked in discussions at the moment As far as where we go from here Goodness knows how you answer that question for football When we don't know where society goes from here But ultimately football authorities do have um, their own jobs to do at the moment as well Yeah, but as I said, I mean Football has been a fabric of our society for over a century uh, And indeed go- going on a- 150 years um, And will continue to be I think if, if nothing else It has allowed everybody to pause for breath And, that, and that's why in all of this As much as it for, it's a forlorn hope Decorum should be the, the operative word Making sure that the game gets out of this With all 42 clubs intact and I get that there's rivalry and I get that there's questions about when the season finishes and how the season finishes and what the format of the season is. In the grand scheme of things, when the Prime Minister of Great Britain says today, this is the shutdown, do not go out, do not go to cafes, clubs, restaurants, it's immaterial by comparison. And yes, the authorities have a job to do, but they can only do that with the will of their clubs as well. And there will be a solution. The one guarantee is, whatever the solution is, not everybody will agree with it and it will not be met with unanimous approval. But that's just the way it is. This is an imperfect situation and the authorities will do all they can, primarily to keep those 42 clubs afloat and to keep football as we know it, surviving. And speaking of footballing authorities, one of the biggest of them all, I'd like to know what's going on here at UEFA. UEFA have just tweeted within the last 10 minutes to say, Um, With apologies for the earlier error To be clear No decision has yet been made On the name of the rearranged Euro To be held in 2021 That earlier tweet was sent by mistake (laughs) I don't don't know either So so, so presumably they were going to Make the radical decision To call it Euro 2021 Because they've moved it back a year but, But they're now not so sure Wow Okay Uh, Let's speak to Tommy Who is a Celtic fan on the line Hi Tommy Hey how you doing? Not bad Tommy Hi Tommy I just wanted to take Hugh Keevans to task regarding the Celtic Leeds game. Uh-huh. Uh, the attendance was actually 136,000, and it's a record to this day for a European game. Were you there, Europe. Tommy? Yes, I was there, I. Tell us about it. Well, I was up at the Celtic end next to the North Stand kind of a thing, and... Uh, I always remember when Billy Bremner scored the goal for Leeds United. The ball was coming straight at me and it went straight at me into the back of the selling net. And people were actually coming getting back out and asking to get their money back because they couldn't see the game. They were climbing up the the old floodlights and there were some people actually made it up onto the roof to, to see the game. It was unbelievable. And you could actually just lift your feet off the ground and you were getting carried all over the place. You couldn't you couldn't put your hands in your pockets, you were packed in that tight. And I remember the the Leeds goalkeeper got injured and it wasn't long after he got injured that Celtic scored and we went on to win the game two one after we'd beat them one 0 down in Leeds. 
at that time Leeds were the like Man City of or the Liverpool at the moment of the English League. They just could nobody could beat them, and Celtic beat them home and away, and went on to the final, which we lost. Hugh Keevans, those those memories they they never leave you. Tommy's just recalled that as if it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, when George Connolly scored the goal at Ellen Road that beat Leeds United, I mean, the shock reverberated throughout the United Kingdom because, as Tommy rightly says, uh, it was Don Revy's Leeds. They were the, the biggest team in Great Britain at that time. Uh, and then Celtic took them to Hampden Park and uh, I think Bobby Murdoch and John Hughes scored the goals for Celtic, Billy Bremner for Leeds United. Uh, and Celtic were voted the Team of the Year in the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award, uh, which was a, a mark of their achievement. They did go and they lost the final to a team which featured, which featured of all people, Vim Janssen playing for the, the side that, that beat Celtic. And of course, Vim would then, many years later, go on and win what Tommy, I am sure, would uh, agree was the most important league title probably in Celtic's history up until the present day. Yes. Uh-huh. Has he got right. his details right, Tommy? Just, I'm, I'm glad you're here to keep him right because I, I don't remember. I just need to believe everything he Never says. Never question Hugh's recall. It just, well, Hugh just needs to look in the Guinness Book of Records and you'll see the Celtic Leeds game in there as the largest ever um, European attendance with Celtic Leeds. It will never be beaten nowadays by the, the new restrictions and whatnot. And, and to people of our generation, and, and we're delighted when we see Andy Robertson in a Champions League winning Liverpool team. How many how many Scots would have been in that team at the time of the Battle of Britain, Hugh? Uh, the in the Celtic Leeds game. Yeah. Uh, either Barry Gray, either Billy Bremner. Um, no, other Peter Scots. Lorimer beforehand, or would Lorimer, uh, Peter Lorimer. Lorimer was a Dundonian. Eddie was uh, from Castle Milk. Frank, his brother uh, from. Uh, Frank was he'd been too young to play yeah. in that one, I think. Uh, and Billy, who was a Scottish legend, uh, was from a place called Raplach, in the Raplach the in Stirling. Yeah, uh, and. Not a man not a man to be trifled with, Billy. On or off the park, let me tell you. Let's leave it there. Thank you very much to Tommy on the line. Hugh Keevens giving us his memories as well. I think that takes us up nicely to this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Really enjoyed that first hour listening to your memories. Which game would you go back and relive tomorrow if you could? We're starved of the football, no action tomorrow. So if you could go back and relive one game tomorrow. Which game would it be and why? We'll do plenty more of them in the second hour But it's time for Beat the Pundit And I'll be honest, I've not really figured out the logistics of this I don't even know if Hugh Keevans can play It might have to be Daryl Broadfoot But it certainly could be you 01419511025 Call us before 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Daryl Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans Here with me, Gordon. 
Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Daryl Broadfoot is in the studio Hugh Keevans is in his man cave at home in Bears Den Because we're looking after his health first and foremost As you should all be doing at the moment Please stay safe where possible We're just trying our best to stay here with you And bring a bit of normality back in these abnormal times I know this is a routine for some of you Just to get some sort of football fix so we'll try and provide it as long as we possibly can It's 01419511025 to join us And we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB We're going to take a, a, a bit more of a closer look At some of today's uh, developments If you like, the Hearts situation is moving on We're going to speak to a former Hearts captain And uh, some clubs are getting creative With potential fundraising measures as well So we'll take a look at them And of course keep them coming We're still looking for your suggestions If you could go to a game tomorrow And relive one match from the past which game would it be? It's Friday night We always look forward to going to games But we can't do it So you need to help us out On the phones or on Twitter After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The ScottishSun.co.uk Slash football Beat the pundit time It's been a mixed week I seem to remember it Getting off to a fairly ropey start Mr Keevans When you gave away a signed ball on Monday Oh well These things happen <laughs> Rapidly. <laughs> I was going to say Because I did ask for your patience During these difficult times Hugh Keevans Is remotely Dialed into the show Which means I can't trust him I don't know if he'll be listening To the answer So he is off The rota For Beat the Pundit There is no coin To be tossed Daryl Broadfoot You are it Okay Wonderful You're going to be up against Miles from Johnson How are you Miles? Fine Yep no problem Good stuff You ready to go You've not Should got a church Check your text before we start Make sure you can help me out Listen The the chances of him Operating the Nokia Quickly (laughs) enough Inside these 30 seconds To help you uh, No chance Uh, Miles you're up against Daryl Broadfoot I can't give you the choice tonight I'm sure you'll let me off In these trying times Won't you Yeah I'll let you off Good man You're very kind Right I'm gonna (laughs) See that was habit there I was about to toss the coin (laughs) Let's do it anyway Just do it habit There we go It was heads It would have been you anyway Daryl So I'm gonna give you Something else to listen to Can you still hear me Can you hear music yeah, he doesn't know what he doesn't know what I'm saying. That's a good sign, right, Miles? You've got 30 seconds. You're going up against Daryl, and you can pass. That's always the key. Just remember, if you don't know it, pass it and move on. All right. Yep. No problem. Good man. Time starts now. Which Scottish club did Ryan Fraser start out at? Uh, no idea. Pass. Who did Motherwell beat in the 1991 Scottish Cup final? Dundee United. What insect is on Alawa's badge? A wasp. Which Scotsman is the captain of Norwich? Um, Hanley Where did Rangers sign Joe Aribo from? Pass Name any of the English teams Stephen Presley has managed Coventry Which German team did Paul Lambert play for? Borussia Dortmund Which African nation I think we can squeeze it in Which African nation did Scotland face in the 98 World Cup? Morocco Okay Let's bring Daryl Broadfoot back Daryl can you hear us? Oh, middle of must be love by madness Sorry you're going to have to put up with, back on. With, on. with me and Miles uh, At the moment So 30 seconds Going on the clock you ready? Yep Let's do it Which Scottish club Did Ryan Fraser start at? Aberdeen Who did Motherwell beat In the 1991 Scottish Cup final? Dundee United What insect Is on Alawa's badge? Wasps What Scotsman Is the capital uh, The captain of Norwich? Grant Hanley Who did Rangers Sign Joe Aribo from? Oh, Charlton Athletic Name any of the English teams that Stephen Presley has managed Coventry City Which German team did Paul Lambert play for? Borussia Dortmund Which African nation did Scotland face at the World Cup in 1998? Morocco What do you think, Miles? 
gobbledygook everyone, right? I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they were relatively straightforward tonight, but I was... oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> but I, I, I'm okay with that. I like it when we get high-scoring games, and I thought you did. You both did pretty well. Um, let's go through them. Which Scottish club did Ryan Fraser start at? It was Aberdeen. Darrow goes one 0 in front. Who did Motherwell beat? In the 91 Scottish Cup final It was Dundee United And don't ever forget it So that's 2-1 to Darrell Miles got on the board Miles you then put a bit of a run together You knew the Wasp You knew Grant Hanley That was the capital of Norwich um, <laughs> Easy for me to say Unfortunately for you Darrell knew all of them So it's still 4-3 to Darrell Who did Rangers sign Joe Aribo from? It was Charlton So Darrell stretches his lead Again though You got back on the saddle Miles Coventry You both went for, for that You had the choice of Fleetwood and Carlisle as well You both knew Borussia Dortmund You both knew Morocco So it was a fantastic battle A high scoring affair Darrell got every single wow. one right 8-6 to Darrell Broadfoot Unlucky Miles Usually a, usually a 6 Would get you the victory Hard lines I would have But I would never have known Ryan Fraser Good man Never have that one So I'd have still get beat Unlucky Miles That was Miles from Thanks, Johnson Miles. Uh, taking, do, do you want to go for the 10? Because right, I go. think it's doable let's The go. last two are easy Who's bottom of the English Premier League? It's not Villa I mean no, you'd, you'd be out of time Wouldn't no, you? But yeah. No it's not Villa Just guess Gone Sometime no, tonight gone. No, Villa. I'll say Villa It's not It's Norwich There Norwich. we go You wouldn't have got them Yeah the last one was Which McGinn plays for Aston Villa So that was easy <laughs> uh, You'd have got a nine There we go That was Miles and Johnson Beat the pundit Will return Tomorrow night No it won't Because we're not here Don't be daft It'll be GBX this time tomorrow <laughs> Monday night uh, At seven o'clock Live from his roof Brilliant wasn't it Magnificent George Bowie Taking to his balcony to perform a live GBX set on Facebook last night How many views did it get in the end? Ten, oh no, it was hundreds of thousands in the end I think um, Oh, it was incredible Ridiculous And as you can attest I predicted it three days ago You did, you showed me the tweet I, I think uh, you deserve a bit of credit for it Maybe only 3% Didn't even get the invite No, I know But it was great If you haven't seen that, check it out um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere George Bowie um, Producing a GBX set From his balcony last night In these weird times In the leafy West End as well as Exactly it? I wonder if Hugh Keevens could hear it from his leafy suburb, Hugh. Did it keep you awake? Uh, I'm still trying to text Ryan Fraser to Darrell. <laughs> um, I've been I've been in the 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 Bijou Bowie residence in the in the leafy West End. Very very fancy it is too. <laughs> keep your calls coming, please, on the game that you wish you could relive and go to tomorrow. We're starved of the football, so which game do you wish you could relive? And attend tomorrow It might have been A really significant one The game that won your team The cup Or won your team the league Or it might just be Something completely From left field The game that made you Fall in love with football It might be a high scoring Non-consequential game In the middle of a season It might be something You went to with your dad Or with your son Or with your daughter And something that just Means a lot to you personally Whatever it is Give us all the details The more details the better As far as we're concerned Let's take a look At some of the I feel a bit weird saying footballing news Because there isn't really any But there kind of is If you like It is a developing situation And former Hearts captain Stephen Presley Well he's applauding Daniel Stendel's move To waive his wage At the club Presley um, Has managed Falkirk and Coventry During financial troubles He's obviously been at Hearts as well uh, And he says it's not an easy time Regarding Daniel's gesture, I think it's a fantastic gesture And uh, it's a difficult time for them all And I have great sympathy with them all but this is a situation that's not just going to affect football players, it's going to affect people in all walks of life. 
In many of my jobs, Falkirk included, you know, there were situations where people had to take wage cuts and it's a very difficult period managing through that. You know, the biggest problem that many clubs are facing just now is the uncertainty. I think when people know what the future holds, you can adjust and move on and adapt to that. But with this coronavirus, you know, the outcome and how long the teams do not play for and what's going to happen during the summer months, you know, players' contracts, all of that uncertainty is really difficult for players to live with. And that's the biggest challenge we all face in the football industry, is the uncertainty. And that is difficult to deal with. Hugh, it's the first time we've spoken to you since it was announced that Hearts have put together that package, if you like, or that that notion of 50% wage cuts for staff, potential contract termination if you don't want to take the 50% cut. Daniel Stendel today saying that he worked for free at the moment to try and get the club through this. What do you make of what's going on in Gorgie? I think it's a good gesture from Daniel Stendel. There is another worry for Hearts uh, if the league is brought to an end uh, and Hearts were relegated, should that be the decision, then Daniel Stendel has a breakout clause in his contract which says that he can go at that point because his contract only applies to Premiership football. Uh, So that's another thing for Anne Budge to consider. But I think Anne Budge knows the finances of the club inside out and uh, she knows already that they've lost a million pounds uh, because of the loss of revenue and therefore she took this action knowing that it was essential uh, and it is up to the players if they don't want to do it then of course they can accept the offer to terminate their contracts but the coronavirus situation and life as we know it having come to a halt tonight uh, a financial hit will have to be taken by our football clubs it is unavoidable yeah and and it, it's the stark reality of of the situation businesses up and down the country are, are, are in peril um, Scottish football is not immune to that Jurgen Klopp said you know football is not immune from the impacts and the effects of coronavirus hearts rooted to the bottom of the division and it's it's a really bitter pill for Anne Budge to swallow because she's now seeing um, the investment, arguably the overinvestment, um, coming back to to Biter and and the club. Drastic times call for drastic measures, um, which is why you can understand Hearts' keenness to get the season resumed, because they might have the split to to, to rescue themselves. But in the meantime, they have to save money. Um, the stadium costs have overrun. I think she's backed the managers, previous managers, to the hilt. Stephen Naismith, Connor Washington, Liam Boyce, Liam Boyce, five six thousand pounds a week. If if the speculations to be to be believed, and now with no matches, with no income, with no revenue, the club have to make that call today. And Anne would not have wanted to make that call, but it might be the difference between keeping Hearts alive or taking them back to. Those dark days under the Vladimir Romanov era that Hearts fans and the foundation of Hearts never ever wanted to see again. Yeah, clearly worrying times at big clubs, small clubs, medium sized clubs. So much uncertainty lies ahead. Let's just hope that somehow everyone uh, can pull through this and come out the other side because, as Daryl Broadfoot mentioned earlier, I was just going to say the flip side to that as well when you look at Ian Finlayson at Nairn County. Brilliant, wasn't it? Everybody will be paid. And more than that, we're actually going to make our social media channels, our website, 
a platform for local businesses and a platform for the community to share good. So as troubling as this period is for clubs, the length and breadth of the country, as we touched on before, there's also those invigorating stories, the stories that warm our heart community clubs actually being the beating heart of those communities so so well done there in county let's go back to the phones let's take some further trips down memory lane we're asking you since it's friday night and we don't have any football to preview if you could replay one game revisit one game and go to it tomorrow what would it be kenny's in motherwell what have you got for us kenny hi good evening james thanks for taking my call no problem it was uh, the valencia celtic valencia game i can't remember the years at 01 or 02 i just know that at the time my son was five years of age and it was his first Celtic game and uh, to be honest it was actually my, my own first visit at Parkhead and the reason I go there I just started a new job and one of the guys I was working with had got us a ticket for myself and my son I was telling the man there's a Celtic bath and I'd never been to a game before but it was just really that night that what blew me away was the, the atmosphere the singing the electricity and I think to this day Celtic fans will say that it is one of the most electric nights that Parkhead has seen I don't know if you agree with that or that, or that's true, but certainly the guys I speak to that night in the Valencia game was a was different class. There is a, a recurring theme here, and uh, it is of fathers taking their sons and indeed their daughters to the football, and the club that you support being passed down from generation to generation. And uh, what Daryl said earlier on, when we come out the other side of this awful business. Fathers will take their sons and daughters. Mothers will take sons and daughters. And uh, the country will be reunited with football. And it will be a happy day because we have lost tonight our life as we know it. Uh, You can't go to the football. You can't go to the pub. You can't go to the cinema. Uh, but we will come out the other side of this and football will become an even greater part of the fabric of life in this city and in this country. Right, Kenny, how does this work then? Because I was interested in, in the wording of your story. So you, you kept saying yeah. your son is Celtic daft, but it was your yeah. first visit to Celtic. But what, what am I missing here? Well, I, I'm an armchair arranged supporter, but to be honest, the football, I'm a football supporter, first and foremost. And the funny side of it was, Obviously, uh, my son's first game, and when Celtic scored, I was caught up in the atmosphere. I was singing the songs and cheering, waving the scarves, and picking my boy up. And there was a man sitting in front of us. Once we all sort of calmed down and sat back in the seats and turned around to speak, said to my boy, "I said, this is a wee fella's uh, first time in Parkhead." He's like rubbing his head, and that oh, great man. Uh, well done, welcome to the tick. And I once he said, "I congratulate him and welcome to Parkhead." My son tapped on the shoulder and said. My dad's a Rangers supporter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so and you're, you're still here to tell the tale, though. Still here to tell the tale. And it was funny about it was the guy had turned around with that sort of wit look about him. You know, as if to say, what did he just say? I'm like, I said, well, you know, a wee man supports his Celtic and thought I'd bring him along to the game. And that and it was for the rest of the night. <laughs> what I'm noticing, Hugh, is there's a, there's a... I think a lot of our listeners are glutton for punishment here because... Kenny wants to relive this near-death experience. We had the one earlier on who wanted to relive the emotional roller coaster that ended in well, it wasn't quite disaster, near disaster when England came to to Hamden. So it's it's not always the, the you know the the obvious memories if you like that are jumping out. I took Lady Keepins to her one and only football match at Celtic because we're playing Clydebank in a Scottish Cup tie decades ago. Kenny Dalgleish was in the Celtic team. That's how long ago it was. 
and all my pals played for Clyde Bank and Clyde Bank scored the first goal of the game. Can you imagine at Celtic Park, Douglas McGrain, the players that Celtic had then and Lady Keevans, not being used to football, jumped up and cheered. <laughs> <laughs> and we were in the main stand at Celtic Park and a man said, and I'll keep this clean for a family show, listen hen, why don't you sit <laughs> yeah, down it's okay. Go home. and uh, and Lady Keevans turned to me and said, did you hear that? I said, yes. What are you going to do about it? I said, why don't you sit down? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Agree with him, I think would be the, the obvious sentiment. Thank you very much. That was Kenny in Motherwell. Did that game? I think I was... Yosso Haran missed... They got penalties. Yes that, Was that over there Or is that I think cause, So the one the, the game that he talked about Was it 1-0 was it Over there In the Mestalla 1-0 Celtic Park And I'm sure Volharan missed the penalty I remember the penalties The great thing is People remember it clearer than us And they'll tell us In two minutes time And that Valencia team as well You remember the, Very good the, 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 Was it that Can year back in Sorry On your Aye, goal, sorry I know, just, just really just the point of the, for the phone call because I've never phoned in before and listened to the show avidly. It was just the, the atmosphere. I just, just, it's something I'll never ever forget. Well, I think my boy was just maybe a bit too young to appreciate it. He actually fell asleep during the second half and woke up <laughs> for the penalties. But, uh, for me, it was, uh, it was just it was amazing. And when we came out to the stadium that night, I think Rangers won that night against Paris and Man and penalties. And just, just the full night was uh, very memorable. Yeah. Was I right, Kenny? Was it that yeah, Yosso Haran yes. missed, the, missed the penalty? I've looked it up tw- uh, twice because the second the referee ordered the retake as well. Oh. So there we go. That Valencia team had managed to do the unthinkable and won. I don't know if it was the season preceding it or the season after it, but they they won the league. Rafa Benitez's team. Oh, some of the I mean, Canizares in goal. They had the you know ridiculous. Team. Yeah, some uh, Pablo Aymar. Remember what a player he was as well Anyway thank you very much Kenny And Motherwell sharing his memories Keep them coming on the phones and on Twitter And we'll get a full time teaser So you can get your teeth into that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com It's that time of the night When Daryl Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans Team up and try and tackle tonight's Full time teaser now under normal circumstances I would be a bit nervous About one of the pundits Not being here in the studio Because The door would be open for them To cheat And Google the answers <laughs> But that person is Hugh Keevans And there is not a chance You will be able to do that So I'm safe, yes? Absolutely Good. 100% Good, glad to hear it Right, tonight's question is this Relatively straightforward I think Can you name nine goalkeepers To play for Celtic or Rangers In an old firm game? And also have played for another Scottish club since 2000 So we'll flip it round Since 2000, nine goalies have played for Celtic or Rangers in an old firm game They've also played for another Scottish club Craig Gordon Yes, played for Hearts Scott, Scott Bain Okay Gordon Marshall No <gasps> Never played in an old firm game? Not since 2000 Oh, since 2000 Well, yeah, it was... Alan McGregor McGregor Yes Played for Dunfermline alone I think Right we'll leave it there That's three of nine You're What a start that is I think you are cheating I think you've got Google You've got Mrs Keevans Googling that for you In the background Are you kidding me on? (laughs) Uh, Alan McGregor Craig Gordon Scott Bain Looking for six more goalkeepers Since 2000 They've played in an old firm game And also played for another Scottish club We'll leave it there Plenty of time Let's speak to Archie In Eaglesham What's your one game That you wish you could go to Tomorrow Archie? 
Well, it's a game not even involved in a Scottish club. All right. 1960, Eintracht Frankfurt, I'd have support from my club Rangers in both games, home and away, to reach the final against Real Madrid. Managed to get to the game, Real Madrid, Eintracht, absolutely brilliant football. Real Madrid did the Eintracht Frankfurt, Eintracht Frankfurt did the Rangers. And the football will never be played. I'll never see another game like it, I don't think, in my lifetime. Uh, football was just pure football, just pure football. And that game, if I could see that game tomorrow, I would gladly pay anything to go and see it. What, do you, what, what else do you remember about it, Archie? I mean, I've just looked it up, and obviously, and I know the game you're on about, but I just wanted a bit more of the detail. And I'm looking at some of the names. I mean, know, there was the, the, the Spano and Puskas, and oh, it was just littered with star players in the crowd. The crowd was well over 100,000, 120,000 or something. I think it was there that game. Uh, it, just, it just was sheer, sheer, sheer classes that Wolves concerned. Sheer, there was nothing. I don't think anything could ever touch it as far as football. As far as a football match between the two, don't get me wrong. Although Eintracht Frankfurt get well beaten, they've played some really good, good, really good football. Really, it's just. Yeah, I mean, you get you get to a European final and you score three. You think you're not doing too badly. The problem is the opposition score seven. Hugh Keevans, De Stefano with a hat trick, uh, just the four for Pushkas as well. I uh, was a, an eleven-year-old schoolboy. When the, that final was played, and I remember the effect it had in the city of Glasgow. Real Madrid were magical. The white strip with only the club crest on it and your number on the back, and no other markings on your strip or your shorts or your socks. And there was something magical about Real Madrid, and everyone in Glasgow was delighted when they won, not because they had anything against Eintracht Frankfurt, but Puskas was legendary, De Stefano was legendary, Canario, Hento, uh, Santa Maria at the back. Everything about them was magical. And that was the day or the, the evening that Scottish football changed because the fans looked at that and thought, what we watch is OK, but it's a <laughs> variation of that game. And... Greater demands were then placed upon players uh, to try not to be Puskas or Di Stefano because that wasn't possible, but a greater emphasis was placed on playing the beautiful game, as Pele called it. And, of course, within seven years, Celtic had won the European Cup and with a brand of football that 60 years was on, yep. akin to what Real Madrid could do uh, Let me ask you so, again Archie you, know, would you, you go along with what Hugh was saying there About the impact it had on this city You know The, the f- football fans Football family here in Glasgow Yeah Yeah yeah. I mean, I mean It was actually When When Eintracht Frankfurt Well really well Truly thrashed us That was the, the semi-final game I was, uh, The football that Eintracht Frankfurt played Then was really And you when they came up at this final, everybody just wanted to go to see this final. You know, it was just, it was, it's just about the thought that we'd all heard about the only did this real did. It was Hugh Sayers playing it all white, and they'd previously just dumped out Barcelona in the semi final. It was just incredible. It was just incredible. That yeah, I mean, Daryl, I knew of the game I knew what the score was I knew some of the players that were involved I just uh, brought up the Wikipedia page there for the final as you do it's, just, it's, it's the go-to here's what I did not know 
And I assume it's true You would never doubt Wikipedia Would you? Uh, it says The match was initially in doubt As the West German FA Had banned their clubs From taking part in matches With any team containing Pushkas after the Hungarian had alleged the West German team had used drugs in 1954. Pushkas had made a formal written apology before the match could take place. They clearly weren't performance enhancing drugs <laughs> if the allegation were true, which obviously we're saying it is. Um, it, it, we talk about the purpose of this show in the middle of what's happening, and these stories are what makes this show valuable, not tonight, not tomorrow, but throughout this. That Real Madrid Eintracht Frankfurt game. Is myth- mythical to me It's something that Happened so long ago But to have that Replayed here Is 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 special I'm lucky enough To go to the UEFA Women's Champions League Final in uh, Budapest Last year Made the pilgrimage Pushkas has a Statue In his honour um, In Budapest And having never Watched them play But there's just something About seeing this great In bronze form where you know your your football history, you know the the legend um, and and his achievements. So, when people wonder how radio, how football shows can get you through Corona, these stories that that bring it all home. So, so thank you, Archie. Thank you, Hugh, for taking us back to that magical time. Archie, brilliant! One of my favourite of the night. Thank you very much for taking us back there. That was Archie in Eaglesham. Let's move swiftly on to Matthew in Dumbarton. Hi, Matthew. How you doing, guys? Be uh, that. Glad to see you. <laughs> <laughs> see that. Well, I, well, you know what? Well, I'm glad to see you are keeping it going. So I'm asking where, where, where everything's going on in that. So what I'm going, it means there's not so much a memory of a game. It's just a day made a memory of when I was younger and like, my granddad used to take me like, round to the training in Dumbarton, the bulkhead, the old bulkhead. Uh-huh. And he uh, used to take us down there. And uh, I was only a young boy at the time. So we used to go round the side of the park and that. And I'd never split like, prof- they were they were big professionals or whatever, so I was walking down the side of the park and well, <laughs> within seconds somebody had kicked the ball and hit it that hard that it hit me right in the legs, spun me about three times <laughs> up in the air. I just hit I hit the deck and it was like I never realised somebody could hit a ball that hard. <laughs> but it was it was a memory that will stick with me because my old granddad and stuff like that to this just just because that was like my first just one of the things I go and run and been able to see all these guys training and stuff like that and uh, just uh, like, just obviously the fact that you don't realise somebody can yeah. actually hit the ball <laughs> just be thankful it wasn't a mitre mould master it'd be more than a memory I think it might have been by the way you get the pimples to this day Matthew can still be found um, hobbling around Dumbarton uh, 30 <laughs> years later um, Hugh you'll have fond memories of that famous venue I'm sure Bogheed, oh, what a place that was! It must have been a Murdo McLeod shot that hit Matthew, because uh, Murdo could fairly built the ball, uh, and he he was in that uh, the Barton team when he left school, uh, and then went on to Celtic as everyone knows. But Bog Boghead was uh, quite a venue. Um, living in Clybank as I did at that time, uh, the Dumbarton Clybank game was always special. And I remember Davy Cooper. Uh, the wonderful, the late, great David Cooper playing for the Bankies against the, the Barton and honestly, he was mesmeric on the day. He was going past practically every outfield player that the Barton had uh, and uh, I think uh, Clyde Bank won 4 nothing. And to, to, to go back to the recurring theme of fathers and sons or mothers and sons or mothers and daughters, fathers and daughters, I took my son, who was a big Clyde Bank fan and uh, David Cooper was his hero. And uh, you know, as a child, 
uh, he, he, he just couldn't go over David Cooper and the way he played for Clyde Bank so much so that on the night he signed for Rangers and it was announced on television my then seven or eight year old son got up and kicked the telly <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a great judge of character though Because someone sent us a, a snippet from a football magazine um, A couple of weeks ago And it was an interview with the late great David Cooper And he said, you know, who's the who's the one for the future? Who's the player we should look out for? And he said, Gordon DL Wow A young striker at Rangers So I think we better leave that there uh, Matthew, that, that's that's another thing You know, we're talking about the sort of the power of football and, and memories and all the rest of it You're not actually a Dumbarton fan, are you? It's just that that's, that, that meant a lot to your, your papa, yeah, your grandpa yeah. and, and that's where it comes from Aye, that's something comes back I'd like to say I was a Suns fan and that, do you know what I mean but it's hard to be at times you know? <laughs> <laughs> so as I dare say but I know like Boggy that was some place I think it was known for having the biggest park at one time I think it was the, well I think that supposedly anyway I think it was like one of the biggest parks in Scotland very so possibly Very possibly I won't argue that that was Matthew in Dumbarton thank you very much for sharing those memories let's do a couple off Twitter I on nights like this, I really want to apologise to the Twitterati, as Hugh would call, because there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I couldn't even scratch the surface, so please don't be offended. And I don't even really have the time to to, 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 to pick out the best ones, so I'm scanning them and trying my best. Lock Tom, and I know you'll like this one, Hugh. If Lock Tom could go back to one game, he wants to go Morton Aberdeen, 1979. He's painted the picture for us as well. He says Andy Ritchie receives a pass from John McNeil in midfield, traps it in his chest, twists to the left, into a tangle, sends McLeish and Miller the wrong way with the outside of his right foot, prods it past Jim Layton for the best goal ever, <laughs> says Lock Tom. Well, let me tell you, I covered that match. Of course you did. And Yeah, and Sir, Sir Furious was the Aberdeen manager at the time and he came in, honestly, Andy Ritchie had ran the show he had simply been again to use the, the word that I applied to David Cooper he was mesmeric the whole day he was just drifting past people that strolling style that he had and Sir Furious came in after the game and said I'm fed up coming here playing them off the park and getting nothing and I thought that's rubbish <laughs> It wasn't the best time to tell Sir Furious that that was rubbish, so I just let it go. <laughs> a wise move. Don't worry, Daryl, I've got some for your era here. I was um, born in 79, if that helps. Uh, not really. Yeah. I don't think you'll remember the game. Uh, Neil Wishartson, he says, Celtic Man United 2006, played off the park by a phenomenal Alex Ferguson United team. Last five minutes, the best I've ever Experienced at Parkhead Nakamura's free, free kick Big Arter saving Saha's <laughs> penalty What a night One that will go down in folklore That's the game Neil wishes he could replay tomorrow Well Hugh mentioned it before the, the, the blind panic in a press box When After an hour you think you've got the, the run of the play You think you know what's happening And then Nakamura Unleashes The most incredible Incredible free kick And with 1200 words to write For the Herald the decision was quickly taken Apple A Delete Start again Because that goal Deserved All the acclaim And I think in about Eight and a half minutes The quickest I've ever written 1200 words But that That atmosphere And almost in Hugh You were probably there As he was stepping up You could just feel That something magical Was, was going to happen And Yeah In all, in all my Time covering and being lucky enough to go to some of the, the great games That just for sheer drama 
at the end was was incredible. Yeah, and just to stay on the Celtic theme at the moment and lump these together, Jordi Gaz is on Twitter, Hugh, and I wonder what this discussion will look like in twenty years' time, thirty years' time, when when you're reflecting on this era of football. And Jordi Gaz says it would be Celtic's invincible cup final. Watching in my parents' house, my mum in the kitchen making tea, my dad sitting in the bathroom, both too nervous to watch the last ten minutes. All they could hear was "Go on, Rogic, go on, Rogic," before they ran out in the hall to celebrate. Hughes in a major yeah. delay now, isn't he? I can sense it. Oh, nothing like a last-minute goal. That, 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 nothing like a, a, a last-minute goal such as that one from Tom Rogic when uh, thunder and lightning is striking at the same time uh, to add to the drama of it all. But just to go back to that Celtic-Manchester game before Twitter reminds you, and I may already be too late, but before that game I said on Super Scoreboard, if Man United play their best 11 <laughs> and Celtic play their best 11, there's only one winner and it's Man United. What's strange about that is it just doesn't sound like something he would he do. Was, no, no. It was very, must have been a, a different time back then. <laughs> right? uh, we've got a full-time teaser and just in case you're new to the show, you've really um, been driven to, to try new things in these difficult times and you've just tuned in. We always do a full-time teaser at this time every night and what that means is you send the questions to us and we try and see if the pundits can come up with the answers in the final 30 minutes or so. So we need loads of questions to see us through till the end of the season. Whenever that may be And the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com uh, Now tonight's has been sent in by Michael Donati And he's looking for the nine goalkeepers to play for Celtic or Rangers In an old firm game And play for another Scottish club since 2000 Now I just want to remind you that it's not always plain sailing Hugh Keevans and Daryl Broadfoot are making this look easy Last night however Last night however Gordon DL In particular Mark Wilson alongside him Made really, really heavy weather of the full-time teaser If you want to see it in the video Because you've got the facial expressions You can go to Twitter at Clyde SSB But basically this is what happened We've edited it up um, So you, you maybe miss out some of the detail in the, in the middle But here's what happened on last night's teaser Since 2010, 10 players have scored for Scotland But have never played for a Scottish club Jamie Mackey Oh, never have got. And that. the other one, there can't be many of these that have played for Scotland. Double Barrow, surname. Oh, Barry Bannon. <laughs> Jesus. Is it not? That's not what Double Barrow means. <laughs> Hugh Evans, the look on his face, he was so sure. He said it with so much conviction until we explained that that's not what Double Barrow means. Yeah Did he finally understand What double barrel meant I'm not so sure I um, said David Odds after that <laughs> uh, If you go to Twitter At Clyde SSB The video's even funnier Because it's the look in his face Honestly He's so <laughs> sure of it He's so sure uh, There were various moments Last night It just descended uh, Another favourite of mine Was when Edward phoned in Just to make a serious point And Gordon just <laughs> Autopilot Started referring to him as Edward, Edward. <laughs> Rather than Edward where would, some, where would we be without Gordon Just Dale? some poor guy called Edward from Renfrew I think it was <laughs> Had suddenly um, been referred to as Edward He really? was washing his hands with industrial strength cleaner That he thought was sanitizer. He w- It was all over the place <laughs> he, Honestly it was it was funny I must say But on a serious note What have you got for us on this teaser? Mark Brown? No No? Nope That's me goose then You? Neil Alexander Oh 
great shout Neil Alexander Yes well done He's played for Livingston and Hearts And of course played for Rangers In an old firm game So is that four we've got? Do mm. they have to be Scottish by birth? No Since two Javi Sanchez Broto He is on fire Javi wow. Sanchez Broto Three to get We'll get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Daryl Broadfoot here with me Gordon Duncan They've got three more to get on this teaser Which is as follows Nine goalkeepers to play in an old firm game since 2000 And they've also played for another Scottish club Guys like Alan McGregor, Craig Gordon, Scott Bain Javier Sanchez, Broto, Neil Alexander You've actually got four to get Because there's one on the other side of my page that I didn't see Okay uh, Lucas Zaluska Who also played for Dundee United Well done Rab Douglas Dundee, yes Well done on that one as well Two more Hugh's doing this on his own Right, we'll leave it there You've right. got two to get You've got got a few minutes left to get it So I think we can Certainly manage that Two to get Let's quickly hear from The Stenhouse Muir Chief Executive Because They're offering a fan The chance to live their dream And play For the club Line up In the starting 11 Auctioning off an appearance In a friendly match As they attempt to raise money During this coronavirus shutdown uh, Jamie Swinney says it's important they come up with creative fundraising ideas. Like every football club and many businesses as well, we are we are going to enter a, a few challenging months and you know some pretty uncertain times. And we have been overwhelmed with the the number of well wishers, supporters, community members, partners, people from our community who you know care about the club, who care about what we do, and have asked how can we help. And there's a lot of clubs out there thinking of innovative ways as to, as to how they can possibly give supporters a chance to help clubs during what is going to be some, some tough times. We felt that this was something that was very, very much unique. And as you, as, as you mentioned, there, there, could be, uh, there will be people out there who, you know, who have dreamed of saying, I've, you know, I've, I've played uh, for, a, for a professional club. And hopefully there's a Stennis Muir supporter out there who that is, that is absolutely what they would love to do. And it would be a, a perfect way to support the club and, and during, during these difficult times, but also to get a, a once in a lifetime experience. I know it can be hard to find any positives during these times, Hugh Keevans, but it is nice to see clubs doing their best and in communities and people pulling in the one direction and just trying to come up with something creative, something a bit different to, to make a difference. Yeah, you have to be showing initiative and that is a, a really good one, uh, albeit the game would be behind closed doors. People, the idea of being in the dressing room with the, 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 the team that you support and wearing the jersey, just fantastic, uh, and the, the grip that the game has on people. You know, I, I said to you the recurring theme of the night: fathers and sons, daughters and mothers, and everyone who is associated with football. And I told you the David Cooper story about my son kicking the television. He's just texted me, listening to the program in Brighton, <laughs> to say, "I remember doing that." Listen, let me tell you, David Cooper left the Bankies for Rangers forty-three years ago. And he's still got the memory of kicking the telly in his head 43 years on. That's the power of football for you. Let's finish with Aaron and Clyde Bank. Hi, Aaron. 
How you doing Pat, I'm alright Good Hi, thanks What have you got for us then What's the one game you wish you could replay And go to tomorrow This is the final one of the night No pressure uh, It's just the one where Paul Lambert Stopped 10 in a row for Celtic Then he nearly burst the stanchion Against Andy Gorham Was that Was that around Was that New Year's Day Or around that time uh, It was the 2nd sec- of January Yes There we go You remember that one Daryl I'm sure Yes And I mean You talk about Players that are long for the memory, but the, the Paul Lambert story is one of the one of the greatest in recent memory in Scottish football. Um, player who left Motherwell, I, I suppose a bit of a pioneer in the Bosman era as well. Went to Germany, found it difficult initially. I think he went with Scott Booth, didn't he? Scott Booth went alongside him, became a Champions League winner, became Celtic captain, and as you rightly point out, became. Arguably one of the best central midfielders Scottish football's had for the last 25-30 years But that was when you talk about tension When you talk about magical moments There, early part of the programme We were talking about Harold Bratback Football makes heroes almost out of nothing Harold Bratback until that moment Until the goal that effectively stopped 10 in a row Was a, a player of modest capability A player that Celtic fans could take or leave Anytime he comes back now, revered as a hero for what he did. And that's what this game can do. It makes heroes and can't wait until we've got new heroes to look forward to when, when we get beyond this. Aaron, what do you remember about it? I mean, where were you? Were you at the game? Were you in the pub? Were you in the house? What what, what, what do you take away from it? I was 10 year old and I remember just standing there in the stands with my dad crying. And I've never seen my dad cry like that in his life. And his words were, we've won the league. After the goal, I mean, Craig Burley scored the first goal, but after Paul Lambert scored the second one, I've never seen my dad cry like that in his life. He says, well, we've won the league, we've done it. Football will do that to you, Hugh Keevans. Reduce grown men to tears regularly. Well, there was a long way to go uh, in the league campaign, but it was a pivotal moment. Andy Gorham single-handedly defied Celtic for many years as Rangers goalkeeper. He was... Phenomenal, but so was the Lambert shot, and it was a pivotal moment in uh, a never-to-be-forgotten season, and that's why tonight we all feel a sense of loss, because at the moment we can't get our season finished, but it was a pivotal moment in uh, a never-to-be-forgotten season. And that's why tonight we all feel The technology's getting the better of them Right yeah. at the end We've managed to get a good two hours out Stick of another 50 pence in the meter um, it's, it's, it's going pretty well It went pretty well um, And I would just really like to echo the sentiments That John McIlvany sent us on Twitter He says Remind Hugh to turn his radio equipment off After the show We do not want to hear him And Lady Keevans Playing dominoes <laughs> Says John On Twitter Spoken on behalf Of the nation uh, More memories Coming in on Twitter I like this from Don Mack He says Scotland 6 Yugoslavia 1 1984 I went with my cousin I had a couple of sherbets Before we went in, uh, Before we went in We were losing 1-0 Don't remember Any of the game As the sherbets <laughs> took effect So it would be nice To go back And relive that one He thinks it was 1-0 uh, He's only recently found out That Scotland came back um, Scott D has a 12 week old boy He's been grumpy For the past hour Just put on super scoreboard And now he's happy There we go Take some responsibility for that uh, Well we can Hugh Keevans uh, usually we'll send children to sleep So uh, we like to be of service when we can I take it we can assume your greatest game The one you would watch over and over again if you could Yeah, 91 It yeah. would have to be Because I was too young to remember it so What was age were you? Two 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 and a half, yep Incredible game 
I mean, the, the first time, again, you, you talk about heroes, there was something superhuman about Ali Maxwell in that game. I remember watching it, I think, did he crack his ribs or something? Stayed on. Yeah. And by the end, it was like a scene from Rocky 2 when he's hanging on there. <laughs> right, we need to round off this teaser, actually. I could talk about that all night, but we've got two more to get on the teaser. Hugh, have you got anything? I think I'm all tapped out here. Right, okay. Uh, this guy also played for Dunfer- played for Dunfermline and Celtic in the Brendan Rodgers era. Didn't get much game time. He was brought in and then spectacularly taken out again. Oh. Doris De Vries? Yes, Doris De Vries. And the last one played for Rangers and Dundee. He played for Rangers as they were coming back through the divisions. Guess what? In Gordon DL's definition, he's got a double-barreled name. He doesn't actually. It's not a real double-barreled no, no, name. Oh. Right, I'm going to have to tell you. Yep. We're out of time. Steve Simonson. Steve Simonson. Thank you to Hugh and Daryl. We're back on Monday night. Thank you so much for joining us. GBX Friday is next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. The form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.